So today we're going to start a new series. We're going to be looking at the book of Acts. And we're going to be in here for a while. And what we're going to do is we're actually going to take, uh, we're going to go for a while, then we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back to this. Because the book of Acts, really, we could be in here for probably two or three years if we really wanted to dig into every little detail about this book. So we're going to just kind of go take a chunk, then take another chunk, and... Um, just go through it and, and just see what God has for us. But the book of Acts, if you don't know this, they believe this was written by Luke, who also wrote the Gospel of Luke. So if you didn't know that, now you do. And I want to begin today by actually looking at the last part of Luke, because there's some words in here that Jesus says, that then he also says again in Acts, or, or the same, same concept is there. So let's look at Luke 24 verses 45 through 49. It says, Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, This is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations. Beginning at Jerusalem, you are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my Father has promised but stay in the city until you have been closed with power from on high. So this is Jesus. He's, he's talking to the apostles. This is after he's been crucified. He's risen from the dead. He's appeared to lots of people, including all of the apostles. And so he's giving, them, he's giving them some instructions. And one of those instructions is a kind of a dilemma or kind of a thing that we experience, this thing called waiting. He tells them to wait just something I don't really like to do. And I'm going to imagine that I'm not wrong when I say that there's lots of people in this room that you don't like to wait. And Bev, I'm sorry, but Grove isn't here today. But I will include this too, that Bev's tired of waiting too. So Grove might be here next service, so don't ruin it for him because I'm going to, I told her I would shame him. But Bev's been waiting for a scooter to be fixed. Tim knows about this. Where is Tim? Did he already leave? Because it's kind of Tim's fault too, but Bev's been waiting patiently for this this scooter to be fixed because Grove took the battery out and broke it, and Tim used it, but and then it's never been fixed. So poor Bev is stuck. She didn't have her scooter anymore. But when we look at this opening of Acts, we see these instructions of waiting actually to be repeated. They're repeated. And last week, as you know, I wasn't here, so I was in Bozeman. But we, when we were in Bozeman, we had an early dinner that, that day, probably like 3 4 o'clock or something like that. And, and I ate kind of light because I figured, wow, well, we'll eat something later in the day because it's pretty early, so I'll eat, let's eat something later. Well, I never did. So later in the night, like I announced to Kim, I say, like, I'm hungry, I need some food. And then she looks at me like, so what do you want me to do about it? <laughs> Compassion, so yeah. Um, so I decided, okay, let's just, it's late, so let's just go to Wendy's or something like that. So I drive by Wendy's, and the line is like all the way to Bobcat Stadium. So I'm like, that ain't going to work. So I go, okay, McDonald's, let's drive to a different part of town. And so I go to McDonald's, and you, we pull up the thing, and the screen's blank. And I'm going, okay, what's going on here? And then we hear, we're sorry. We are permanently closed for the evening. Please join us tomorrow morning. And I'm like, okay, this is great. So Taco Bell, right? Taco Bell's always open late. Nope. Closed. And then by that time, Wendy's is now closed. 
So my stomach is grumbling. I'm hungry. And I got to go to bed. I got to wait to eat. And I didn't like it because I knew I wasn't going to sleep. And my, like, it's, it's not, I didn't want to do it. But sometimes we have to wait, don't we? We have to wait. And sometimes it's worth it. Sometimes it's worth this wait. So let me tell you about some things that it's been worth waiting for or that there's the wait, like just being waited, like there's, it was a good result. So God is teaching me this concept and we continue to, I continue to learn that because I'm a hard learner. But let me, let me share with you. So I announced a thing that really was kind of a bad thing, so to speak, or, a, or like, okay, what am I supposed to do now? That Bennett came to me a few months ago and said that he's leaving and going to become a school teacher. So I'm happy for Bennett, sad for me, but I'm going, okay, what do I need to do with this? So I waited, and I waited, and you know what? Waiting paid off. So there's this name that kept coming up within saying, you know what, this person would be good with the kids. This person would be good to do the stuff on Sunday, to take over and and really love the kids on Sunday. So I went to this person, and she looked at me, and I just, I didn't really ask her, I just kind of felt her out a little bit. It's like, what did you think about this? And she's like, no. No, absolutely not. Well, then it kept, her name kept coming up and coming up and coming up. So finally, I went to her again, and I said, you know, okay, now I'm asking. And it was a good thing she had a friend there because she couldn't just tell me no right away. <laughs> but she said yes. So Deb Ford is going to take over for on Sundays. So it was waiting now. So now Deb's waiting for someone to help with the garden. So yeah, that's a hint. I'm, I'm hinting there. Actually, Deb's, how much did we agree that you're going to pay me, Deb, for saying that? Okay, yeah, so we're negotiating that. But um, so this process of waiting, like we're waiting. Now, when Stan left, Stan also, he asked the same, like, the same question to me. Like, are you going to find someone to replace you? Because I was taking Stan's role, so there was nobody in, anybody in my role. And I said, I'd like to, but I just feel like i got to wait. i got to wait. I have to be patient, which I was. And you know what? It's worth waiting for. Because, you know, that Aiden, that guy that's been up here preaching every once in a while, He's done with his internship at CLDI and Faith Chapel in August, or end of this month. He's going to come on staff starting in August. So waiting. We need to learn to wait. So let's look at, look at this concept. Let's look at this waiting and look at it in, in starting in Acts 1, verse 1. It says, in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave this command, do not leave Jerusalem, and here it is, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, 
It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way that you have seen him go into heaven. So we see this concept of Jesus again sending apostles like, wait, wait in Jerusalem, wait for the Holy Spirit that I'm, I promised you, wait for this helper. And we're going to talk more about the Holy Spirit as we look at Acts, and we're going to talk a lot more about it next week, and, and even, like I said, throughout weeks. But today I want to focus just on this, this word wait and ask that question. Have you been told to wait? And how do you like it? Right. You don't, we don't like it. Sometimes we, we, we get angry because we want it like right now. We're a society. Like we want this right now. Like we want immediate satisfaction. But think of a kid on Christmas Eve. Remember when we were little and we were a kid? We can't wait for open our presents. Like is it time yet? Is it time yet? Is it time yet? Mom, mom, is it time? Now the Bible has a lot to say about waiting. Wait, way more verses on waiting than we have time to go over. But here's just a few of them. Psalm 27, 14. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and take heart, and wait for the Lord. Then Isaiah 40, 31. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall not run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So th those two verses, there's, like, so there's, something, there's strength that comes from waiting. There's, there's, there's this idea of, of we get stronger by having to wait. First Corinthians 1, 17. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. In Galatians 5.5, 5, But we who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive by faith the righteousness God has promised us. Now, this last verse I'm going to share with you, it doesn't use the word wait, but it has that, it has that same concept in it. Galatians 6.9, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time. So if we wait... We will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So, like I said, lots of Bible verses about waiting. You can look some up this week. But we're waiting for the Lord. Waiting for Jesus to reveal himself. Waiting for what is promised to us from God. And really, we're waiting for the harvest. Waiting seems to be something that we should expect in our life. So what I take from these, like, we should expect to wait. We should expect to wait in our life with God. Expect to wait as being Christians following Jesus. So what are you waiting for? And are you waiting for the right thing? If we look at the apostles. They thought they were waiting. Jesus told them, said, wait for the Holy Spirit. But that's not what, I don't think that's what they thought they were waiting for. In, in this case, too, like Jesus was really specific. He said, go to Jerusalem, wait for the Holy Spirit. Telling them what to wait for. Like, I don't feel in my life a lot of times I'm exactly told what I'm waiting for. But the apostles, when they were waiting, and Jesus told them, this is, the, this is their question that they asked Jesus. 
They said, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of God? Because the apostles, they're waiting for the wrong thing. Because they thought Jesus was going to restore Israel back to the dominance that they once had. As the dominating power in this area, in the known world, they were going to overthrow the Roman Empire. Jesus was going to get the band all back together, and they're going to restore Israel back to the glory days, back to when they had independence, liberating this nation of Israel from the control of the Romans. They were told what to wait for, and they didn't understand what they were waiting for. They were waiting for the wrong thing. Does anybody can relate to that? Now, there's a story in the Bible and stories in our lives, but just to Jonah and the whale. Like if you think, there's, there's, so Jonah was waiting for something. But Jonah finally, he went, got himself to Nineveh. There's some circumstances of disobeying and being swallowed by a fish and spit out. And, but he delivers this message to the Ninevites that, that God wanted him to deliver. But then, what did, what did Jonah do? He waited for the destruction of Nineveh. And that God said, like, this country's going this nation's going to be destroyed. But God never did it. So Jonah went up on the hill. He pouted, waiting for God to destroy Nineveh. Waiting for God, but he was waiting for the wrong thing. Has God asked you to wait for something? And are you waiting for the right thing? Or are you waiting for the wrong thing? It seems to me like the apostles, they, were, they, were really were. they were waiting for the wrong thing or had the wrong idea of what it was they were waiting for. But Jesus, in our lives, doesn't he wait patiently for us? He waits. But there's something else in this, this beginning of Acts that we see that Jesus does. They ask this question, but then Jesus patiently responds. He redirects them to what they're waiting for. So God waits for us and redirects us. Jesus didn't give up on them. He didn't say, like, you guys are, you guys are thick-headed, thick Like, why don't you get this? Because they were waiting again for them to overthrow the Roman Empire. Something that they, that's what they thought they were waiting for. That wasn't what Jesus was talking about. He was talking about something else. What you need to wait for, he told him, is what you need to wait for is what I said. Wait for the Holy Spirit, and then go make disciples. Go to the nations. Tell them about me. And I'm waiting for you to do this, to make disciples to the ends of the earth. So wait for the Holy Spirit, not world domination as this nation of Israel. There's lots of times when I feel like I might be a poster child for this situation. And perhaps maybe you do too. Like I can't, there's lots and lots of times where I wait for God to do something and I fully expect God to do what I think I'm waiting for, what I want maybe for him to do, and he doesn't do it. He doesn't do it the way I want him to do it. But he's doing something. The reality is that he is probably working and he's waiting for me and it's me waiting for the wrong thing. Waiting for what I want. Or waiting what I think God should have me waiting for. Not what God actually wants me to wait for. And then I have God redirect me. And reveal to me what, like, 
Jared, this is what I want you to wait for. This is, this is not this. Now, you might find this hard to believe, but there's some people that I really don't care for. <laughs> and I wait, like Jonah, on that hill, waiting for God to destroy them. And God doesn't. He doesn't do it. God keeps making me, in fact, God keeps making me have to go to this person over and over and over again because I have to, like, get a test or get something done. And, like, this is the only person that's available to do it right then and there. I don't think God's got a very good sense of humor. <laughs> but apparently he does. Now, I'm kind of like the disciples wondering, God, when are you going to come down and, 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 like the disciples, make the Romans pay for what they've done? Or in my case, why are you going to make this person pay? When's, when's God going to let me reestablish my own kingdom? So not I'm only waiting for the wrong thing, but I think keeps bring, God keeps bringing them up in my life to redirect me because God's really waiting for me. Now, sometimes this does. It needs to be repeated over and over and over again in our lives. And even after I'm realized that I'm waiting, but I'm waiting for something different than what God is wanting I still get caught up in the now or still get caught up and I just don't do anything. I just stand there needing to be redirected again, maybe encouraged to move forward. So something else about waiting, waiting doesn't mean not doing anything. Now, think about this. I'm, I'm pretty sure all of us in this room would have the same reaction that the apostles had of just staring up in the sky. Because Jesus said, wait for the Holy Spirit. Go make disciples. And the text tells us that Jesus then rose up in a cloud right in front of them. I'd, I don't know about you, but I've never experienced that. Have any of you experienced that? Where someone just rises up in a cloud and disappears? Because you don't see that every day. And that's, that's, that's a little bit weird to me, to, to see something like that. So the apostles just stood there dumbfounded, looking up in the sky. I think I'd be doing the same thing also. Because you don't see a guy rise up out the ground and carried up in the clouds. And the apostles needed to be redirected again and have their focus be refocused and be reaffirmed again. Now, I mentioned Jonah earlier. So when he's sitting on this hill pouting, God comes to him, and, and Jonah's like, why didn't you bring the carnage? Why didn't you destroy Nineveh? And God had to remind Jonah who God was. And Jonah, you need to not just sit here and wish you were dead. Like, go do something. <laughs> King David, his, story, his life is full of stories of God, of, of, of God making a promise to David and then him waiting for that to be fulfilled, waiting that for it to be promised. Because if you remember, when he was told to be king, he was going to be king, there was already a king there. It was King Saul. So he had to wait for his time for that. And he didn't just sit around after these promises that God has made to him in his tent or in his palace. Think of Goliath. Like, he didn't just wait. He went and did something. He kept being the king, or he kept leading Israel, not the whole time waiting for God 
to fulfill his promises. Sometimes that promise meant disaster. Sometimes it meant pain. But he didn't just sit and wait. If you think of the child that he had with Bathsheba, like he was told this child's going to die, but he didn't just wait for that to happen. He actually went, and then he pleaded to God. He prayed to God. Other times, he, it meant there was times in his life where he had to just accept the outcomes. Other times, it meant doing something that maybe he didn't really want to do. Now, the Bible has other examples of us needing to wait, but it doesn't mean you just stop living because we need to wait. In fact, I think most of the time, or at least in my life, God is constantly wanting me to wait, to be patient. But he doesn't want me to just sit there and stare up in the sky, just gazing, not doing anything, waiting for God to do everything. Because God has given me work to do. I, I think he's given all of us work to do. And we need to do it. Not just sit around, not just wait. Wondering when Jesus is going to return. Like a lot of us in this room are old enough to remember Y2K, right? Remember those times? Remember when we were going from 1999 to the year 2000? The world was going to end, remember? That's going to be the end of it all. Like Jesus was coming back, and this world that we live in, well, it's been 22 and a half years later, and it's, we're still here. So I think I, I, it wasn't. It wasn't the end. There are other times throughout history, you can look like every 20, 150 years, whatever, like someone says the world's going to end, predicts this is going to end, Jesus is going to return, this is the end. And what do people do? Start stockpiling food. They wait in their basement. They hole up in the woods. They do whatever they need to do, waiting for Jesus to return, doing nothing. When we probably should be out there in the world, loving the world, providing hope, telling people about where my strength comes from. Telling people about Jesus, especially if it really was the end of the world, don't you think that you'd be motivated to go tell someone about Jesus? To make disciples? Not hiding out in your bunker or your bomb shelter or in the woods, in this little cabin. Like, but wait. Aren't we doing that a little bit right now? Starting to stockpile food? really kind of concerned for number one, myself. In fact, this week I told Kim, I said, I was listening to something on the news that was geared to make me feel that way. And I was like, maybe we should start stockpiling some food. Waiting for this disaster to come. Or waiting and, and not doing anything. Or waiting because what I'm doing is I'm waiting and it's just for me to be taken care of. Or just waiting, doing nothing, looking up in the sky like the apostles. Maybe not even know what you're waiting for. Waiting, and I think we miss opportunities. This week, like I could have waited in my office and been in my office this week preparing for today, waiting for God to give me divine inspiration. Just waiting there. Shades drawn. Nobody can see in. I can't see out. I could have been waiting, and I, miss, and I would have missed this opportunity I had this week. Would have missed this opportunity of this young kid coming and knocking on my window, and I have no idea who he was. I don't really know who he is. But this young kid of just knocking on my window, so I got up and I spent some time with him. He's just trying to figure out life. But I spent some time loving him, not waiting for Arnie to do it or not waiting for someone else to do it, and not waiting, looking up in my office, looking up at the sky. 
doing nothing, waiting for really who knows what. Certainly not doing what Jesus said to the apostles in verse 7. When he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So this idea of waiting, like that's a good thing. And I hope you understand that. Like it's good to wait. And God really, he waits for us all the time. But waiting when what I'm going to say coupled with paralysis now, that's a bad thing. Waiting where we just stop doing. We just become paralyzed. As disciples, we're just looking up in the sky. We just stand there. Like, we can't really do anything, can we? If we're just looking up in there, like we're not doing anything. No, we're certainly not go- doing what God told us to do and what he told us to wait for. And I think maybe this waiting in a way, becomes our God. Because we hear people say, they talk about their weight. And they're, they're actually, like, at least in my life, I've heard people say, oh, I'm just waiting for God. And they're proud of, like, their ability of how much ability and how much willpower they have to just wait and just sit there and do nothing. And they let everybody know how good they are at waiting. And they're really, they become about as effective as the apostles staring up in the sky. Waiting for God, and they become passive. Like I said, you've heard people say, like, I'm just waiting for God. I mean, I have even said that. But is waiting something that's passive, or is it active? Does it waiting mean I do nothing? I, I, I have no role or no part in it. All I can do is wait. Now, as I keep saying, the apostles, they might still be looking up in the sky if it wasn't for these guys, these two guys in white that came and spoke to them. Or does waiting mean that I do have an active part in this? I wait, but I'm actively waiting. I'm active in living the life God has instructed me to live. It doesn't mean I fix it. It doesn't mean I solve the problem. I am still waiting. And maybe waiting is praying and worshiping God and and pursuing God. But it's not just stopping and being paralyzed. Now, I, I am in the belief that we wait and we patiently wait for God to work in my life. And we work, they worked God to work in the life of others. But we continue to live out those commands that God gave us, that God said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your strength. And we follow the great commission of of telling about Jesus, of making disciples to all the nations. And we wait for the Holy Spirit to do his work in my life, and we wait for the Holy Spirit to do his work in the life of others. So are you waiting? And what are you waiting for? And do you know what you're waiting for? Are you waiting and doing or are you waiting and stopping what if we expectantly waited with hope knowing that God will accomplish what we've been told to wait for and we saw this idea of waiting as as an active verb a verb that implies action action maybe to go across the street to our neighbor 
to love our neighbor, waiting for God's work to happen, to go to your coworker, even if I really don't like my coworker, and I begin to love them, waiting for God's work to happen. Maybe going to your spouse, going to your children. Maybe you need to say you're sorry. Waiting for God's work to happen. Now I'll end with just a few questions. Just think about these this week. What have you been waiting for? Is what God wants, is it what God wants you to be waiting for? And have you been actively waiting? These are questions that I wrestled with this week as I was preparing about that. Like, what are we waiting for? And I don't have the answers because I'm waiting. But I'm actively waiting and actively pursuing those. However, I think God's revealed to me that this waiting doesn't just mean I sit back and I just observe everything that I play a role in the waiting. And that role may look di- like different things at different times. Waiting might actually require me to go have hard conversations. And it might require me to wait to have the w- hard conversation. Waiting may require me to have courage. Because sometimes what I'm waiting for, or I feel like God's waiting for me, it's something that I have to go do something, and it, it scares me. It's hard. Maybe waiting may require for me to say, you know what, I don't have all the answers. And I need to wait for that answer. Or I need to go find that answer. And I need to wait till I do. Waiting requires me to take a role in what God is asking me to wait about. Just like the apostles, they needed to wait, but not lose hope and just stare up in the sky. Just stop doing life that we wait with joyful anticipation. Lord, I just, I, I, waiting is just a, a concept, Lord, that we don't like, but I don't think very much. We want answers, and we want answers now. We, we wait, and we, we sometimes try to solve it ourselves. We sometimes try to find the answer ourselves. We sometimes just, Give up waiting. Get, get tired of waiting. So, Lord, I just pray that we learn this, this concept of waiting. But we also learn it that waiting doesn't mean that I do nothing. That sometimes waiting I might need to, to just go to you and pray and humble myself and, and fall down before you and worship you and seek your face, seek your presence. Waiting might be that I need to wait until that opportunity to to have a conversation that's going gonna, gonna to stretch me. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take courage. But I'm going to have to wait for that to be the right time, and I have to wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon me and empower me to do that and give me the words and give me the ability to do that. Lord, I just, I just think of, of you waiting for us. You were there all the time with open arms, waiting for us to come home. You're there waiting for us to see that we need you in our lives. Waiting for us to see that we need to accept that forgiveness of your son. 
from your son, Jesus, that we, that that's the way back into the family. And you're waiting for us. So as I said, waiting is an active thing. So if there's somebody in this room right now and, and you're feeling that tug on your heart, you feel Jesus calling you home. You feel, you, you, you hear God's voice saying, I've been waiting for you, son. I've been waiting for you, daughter, to come back home. Welcome home. If you hear that voice, if you hear God nudging at you, and you want to take an active part in that, active part and say yes. If you want to just come home, accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, accept that forgiveness of sins, accept what we talked about at communion, accept that Jesus died for me because I am worthy. If that's you and you, you want to accept that, if you want to just look up at me and maybe raise your hand and say, yes, I'm, I'm accepting, I see you, I see you. Accepting Jesus. Lord, I just thank you. Thank you for your son. Thank you that we can come together and just worship worship you and worship your son. And Lord, I just pray for the Holy Spirit. Those, those that have <clears throat> said yes to you, that have said, I'm coming home. Lord, I just pray for the Holy Spirit to come upon them right now. Lord, give them strength. Give, let the Holy Spirit, Lord, just, just be upon them and, and let them, any sort of addictions or anything, Lord, that they have been battling, Lord, let them give, give them the freedom that your son gives. Lord, give them the, they've received that forgiveness and they are part of the family. Let that just sink in, Lord, that, that they are worthy and they are not a failure. In your name we pray, amen.